And welcome to another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. It's my great pleasure to join you once again as uh, the podcast has really taken off this summer. Found out recently that our podcast, the Michigan Insider Podcasts, uh, have moved into the top few in the entire 24-7 Sports Network. That is due to you guys. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please do. Please rate and review it. Tell your friends all about it as well. They can get it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iTunes, you name it. That's where they can get it. And they can always be privy to what my man, Tim McCormick, my esteemed co-host and former Michigan basketball standout, NBA veteran, NBA Players Association, top 100 camp uh, leader, just a jack of all trades, does the, does the Pistons broadcast as well. You do a lot, my man, but you always make time for the podcast, and I appreciate you, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I appreciate you too, Sam, and I, I look forward to this every time we get together. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a ton of fun uh, because I I get a chance to, to hear your basketball insights first, uh, and then, of course, the fans can hear them as well and particularly interested in your views, your thoughts on you know guys that Michigan has coming in in this case. Uh, since we were last on the Wolverines, they've added a commitment to the fold. They've added a guy named Frankie Collins, who is a an explosive point guard prospect. Uh, so I'm curious what you think of the young Mr. Collins. I'm extremely pleased with Frankie Collins committing to Michigan. Um, he's the most important recruit in this class, and here's why. Mike Smith and Eli Brooks both graduate. That leaves Zeb Jackson, who's a freshman as your only other true point guard. And, and, and he's actually maybe more of a combo. Um, and he's unproven at this level. And I think point guard is the most important position in basketball in today's game, Sam. And Collins has the look and feel of Michigan's next star point guard. Now, he didn't attend the top 100 camp. Um, so I, I'm relying on film. And I've watched his, his tapes extensively. And I'm confident I know his game and his upside. And here's what I think. 6'1", pretty wiry, um, strong handle. He dribbles with great confidence. I think that the ball, in my opinion, is a little bit high for my liking. He, he dribbles it, you know, above his waist. And, and at times, I think he over dribbles. But that's more of a product of the mixtape world we live in now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure Howard Isley and the Michigan coaches are going to take care of that. But, but, you know, his fundamentals are very solid. The jump shot. Looks like it needs a little bit of work. It's not broken, so I don't see any major flaws. He goes left and right equally well. And, man, the the the, the first step, the elevation at 6'1", is just it, – it's extraordinary. He's He's got he's got all the physical tools, as you can tell by the list of schools that are recruiting him. Now, my concern is can he defend? And that's the one thing you can't tell when you watch a guy's video, right? There's there's very few there's very few defensive sequences that you can see. But Sam, my 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 best homework is I made sure I listened to your show when he had his dad on, or when you had his dad on. <laughs> so if you ask his dad, he can defend pretty well, right? Absolutely. And you know, let's start let's start with the requisite athleticism. That's how I look at it. it is the guy talented enough physically does he have the speed the quickness uh you know the explosive sort of 
uh, ability to react. He has all of those tools. Uh, so if as long as he has the want to, the the desire to learn, uh, the desire to play defense, I, I think you as a former player, Tim, and obviously a huge part of defense is, you know, can you get guys to buy in on that end of the court and the importance on that end of the court? It, if he has that, uh, then you have the ingredients of of a really standout defender when you add his athleticism to the fold. But athletically, he's gifted enough. His dad raves about his work ethic. Work ethic as a player, he lives in the gym. Uh, you know, he's his uncle is a former college basketball standout who who has uh, been in the NBA uh, arena, NBA circles for a long time as well. So he really knows what it takes. Uh, from watching to to be good at that level, that gives me confidence that he's gonna be he's gonna be a pretty good defender. Now it's gonna take some time for him to learn, Tim. But uh, you can't teach forty inch vertical. That tells you about his explosiveness. Uh, and if he has the attitude, which his dad says he does, and I have no reason to doubt it, I'm pretty confident in what he's gonna be able to be as a defender. You're exactly right. And you know, if if you um if you gave my, me my choice, I said he might be a little bit loose with his handle. Um, if if you have a player that's extremely tight with his handle, but he's not athletic, I would take the guy that's a little bit loose because you can you can you can fine tune that. And a couple of other things, when I watch a, a tape of a player, um, one of the things that I do, which has been really helpful to me, is I don't even watch the guy. That, 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 that Michigan's recruiting um, sometimes because like, I know that he's going to get by his man and score. What I like to look at is I watch the guy he's playing against because if, if he's blowing by guys that look like they're D three athletes, that doesn't impress me as much. But with Frankie, I was watching guys he was blowing by and they look like they're, they're division one players. He, he played, some good competition. And the other thing that I liked from the interview with his dad, and you did an excellent job. This kid is, he, he's, he's been mentored and he's been, mm -hmm. he's been tutored and he's been shown the correct path that a ball player should take. He's been homeschooled. Um, you know, he, he, he chose Michigan because of academics, which I love, but there were some other good schools on that list too. So the, the, all of the ingredients are, are very, very important. And, and so I, I just think that they needed a point guard of his caliber. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should be jumping up and down, hugging each other, you know, cause he's still got a long way before he gets on campus, but, but Michigan has their point guard in Collins. They've got their shooting guard with Bufkin, their wing with Barnes and their four man with Shutter. And you have to believe now, that Michigan needs a five, right? Mm -hmm. With with Austin graduating, and if Hunter blows up this year, you just you just never know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, they are recruiting, uh, you know, a few big time fives. Efton Reed being one, Chet Holmgren being another, Charles Bediaco. I mean, they have there's a range of, you know, big time five star bigs that they're in on, and you know they have the luxury now of kind of honing their their focus. Uh, you know, really aiming a lot more attention even than they were before at those guys because now, as you said, they got an important, uh, maybe the most important component in the fold uh, with getting a point guard in this class. So uh, already got the foundation for this class laid. Now you got to fill it out, uh, and hopefully they're able to do so with, with one of those 
one of those top-ranked guys, right? I think Jawan has done an excellent job, Tim. And this is this is an important point to to hammer home. And I'm curious if if it's really struck you. You look back at last year's class. So much of atten- so much of the attention is focused on the five-star misses at the end, uh, but the the class was 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 deep enough. Uh, it it had filled out enough that losing those guys, it was still a very highly rated group. He filled it out with guys rated in the in the 30 to 100 range, and he's done that again. So that's not to say that it doesn't hurt when you lose the, the five stars, the top 25 guys, but it, it shouldn't be lost on people that he's not putting all his eggs in those baskets. It's not boom or bust. If he doesn't get a five star, the class goes to crap. Uh, he's got some really good guys that, you know, might be two, three, or four-year players uh, that are, are are really good prospects that will take a little more time to develop. And now you can focus your attention on, on hopefully bringing home one of those five-star one-and-done or two-and-done guys. Well said, Sam. And and when, when we lost Isaiah Todd and Josh Christopher, th- there were a lot of people that thought that was devastating news. I didn't think that because – when you look at who we have in the fold with Franz, Livers, and Brandon Johns, those are all athletic guys that 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 have deep potential as possible NBA prospects. So, you know, if you would have brought in Josh Christopher and Isaiah Todd, who's gonna sit? Who <laughs> who's gonna sit and wait? Because all five of those guys um consider themselves to be ready to go. And so this makes the class. So I, th- I think it's going to help chemistry, and it's going to it's going to help everybody to reach their potential by getting enough minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Jawan had recruiting at least, uh, it, it, you know, sort of in mind when he responded. I mean, in a blink of an eye, there was a report from Adrian Wojnarowski from from ESPN that said, "Hey, NBA interested in Jawan Howard," which should come as a surprise to no one. Uh, but nowhere in that tweet was mention of the fact that it's just a one-way deal that that Jawan didn't wasn't reciprocating. So very quickly, <laughs> Jawan uh, he filled that information gap by saying, "I am 100% committed to the University of Michigan. This is the job I want. This is the job that I'm focused on. We have championships to win." I'm paraphrasing Tim, uh, but he wasted little time with putting that rumor to bed. One of the most overblown stories of the summer, for sure. You can use the same story and print it out next summer, too, and the summer after that. The headlines will read, NBA teams are interested in Juwan Howard. He may get job offers, and, and there may be hints of $10 million contracts. The story, to me, is fruitless and irrelevant for several reasons. First of all, while many college coaches are looking to fortify their bank account and and build for the future. Juwan is worth over $100 million. He <laughs> doesn't the need same cash, thing, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> and and his son just set foot on the campus to begin his college career playing for his dad at his alma mater. That is a dream scenario, my friend, for both of them. And then also younger brother Jet is an elite recruit. He loves his dad, idolizes his older brother Jace. I expect the three of them to be together in the distant future. Remember, Jets in the class of 2022. And I watched those two closely when Jace made his visit this fall, this past fall. They are extremely close. And I remember Juwan telling me earlier this summer 
that his wife sent a picture when Jace ended up leaving for school and they gave a big hug and it was a tearful goodbye. That shows me how, how close those two are. And I, and I think, I think that they're going to be a dynamic pair together. And then last of all, you know, Juwan loves Michigan Mm -hmm. and, and he's going to leave this program someday and it's going to be after a final four or a national championship. And I will be good with that. I, I think everybody would be. Yeah, I I came away with the same immediately with the same impression, uh, Tim. When I saw that story, I was like, ah, oh, there's there's just no there's just no way there there are too many too many boxes that are checked by him doing. But he he didn't have to come to college. He could have stayed in the pros, Tim. You know this, being in NBA circles. You know, Jawan would have been in the mix for more jobs this year. You know, the the teams who didn't have openings last year, maybe the teams that are interested in him in him in him now would have been interested in him anyway if he had just stayed as an assistant in the NBA he didn't have to come to college as a stepping stone but it's his alma mater you could tell how much he loves Michigan on that day the day that he accepted the the job formally and then the other piece which you touched on and and you can speak to from a little experience yourself Tim I know you weren't a college coach but but you were able to coach your son on the AAU circuit, and, and even that, I'm, if you could just share with with people what that meant, what a unique opportunity that was, you know, as, as competition is concerned, as father and son is concerned, it just it's a unique opportunity that not many coaches really have a chance to experience, and here Juwan has a chance to experience it with his alma mater, no less. Sam, for eight years, I had a chance to coach my son, Kellen, in AAU, and it was truly one of the greatest experiences of my life um, to be able to to ride with him to practice, to break down games, to talk about upcoming opponents, to go through the recruiting process, um, to to be able to, you know, share dreams and disappointments. Um, it, it was it was thrilling. It was also difficult, too. And one of one of the, um, you know, one of the things that Juwan's going to have to be aware of, and maybe he does want to talk to Fran McCaffrey or talk to Jim Beheim, or you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that have coached their sons. What they say is that it's really hard if your if your son is the best player on the team or the worst player on the team. That's not bad, but if he's somewhere in the middle, it's very challenging to try to give appropriate minutes and you know, not treat him different than other, other kids. Cause you love that kid more than any of your other players, but you can't show it. And, and I think, I think it's going to be really a fun dynamic to talk about, but the good thing is Jace Howard is versatile and he's talented and he's going to be a kid you want on the court as much as possible. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Tim, and we're, we're set to talk to Jace here now, but uh, it's, it's emotional uh, for me, and I imagine it's it's gonna be emotional for most fans, thinking about another Howard wearing another, seeing the seeing the Howard name on another number twenty five jersey. Uh, you know, if you if you grew up loving the Fab Five, if you knew Juwan when he uh, when he was a player here, like you did, Tim. I mean, to that just the the emotion of that of seeing. That name on a jersey again uh, is a real thing, man. Uh, you know, Tim, I, I know you remember <laughs> it vividly. Uh, I could I could go back to my closet at home right now 
and pull out an entire binder of of clip outs from the Flint Journal of the Fab Five, from from recruitment to the you know their first pictures they took together on campus, and and so again it it just takes you back, you know it, it takes you back to see Juwan on the sideline, but to see his son out there wearing his number, I don't know about you Tim, but it gave me chills when I when I heard about it and envisioned it. Can't wait to see it. Sam, I want you to get a tissue. I can, I can, I can hear you tearing up a little bit, getting emotional. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I've got great memories as well. And so a great opportunity. Glad now to be joined by Mr. Jace Howard. Jace, uh, welcome to the podcast, and thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, uh, man, thank you for having me. Um, I was, um, I've listened to a couple of years, and I'm, I'm a big fan, so it's a pleasure to be on. All right, Jace, I appreciate that, too. And and great to talk with you as an official Michigan Wolverine. What does it mean to follow your dad's footsteps and wear the maize and blue and his number and a chance to play for him? What's that like for you? Well, it's definitely an experience, um, something I've dreamed of ever since I was a kid. Um, you know, my dad, he groomed me to be a Michigan fan. So um, all I remember is watching maize and blue fight on in football or basketball. So um, so being able to wear that number 25 is special, especially with the maize and blue as well in college. It's, it's, it's a special opportunity for sure. Wow. It's, it's exciting to think about, um, you know, growing up in the Howard household, and I'm sure you watch a lot of Michigan games. Um, do you have a memory about when you, you really felt like you were a Michigan man um, when you were a kid? Was it a football game or a basketball game or a Final Four? And, and also, I got to know, who's your favorite all-time Wolverine that you've seen play in person or on TV? Okay, so um, I remember the, the time that I really envisioned myself as a Wolverine was, like you said, the Final Four in 2018. Um, I remember watching it with my buddy and my brother. Um, when they played Loyola Chicago and uh, watching them just compete out there, just um, have fun. And it, like, it was a great game. So it was like a grinded out game. I just, I looked at my, my friend and my brother, I was like, yeah, this is, this is somewhere I want to be. And um, in terms of uh, pretty much, I guess well, the second question, sorry. Yeah. It was, I asked a lot there, didn't I? <laughs> um, um, no. Now, the, now who's the best Michigan player? Who, like who's your, who's your guy? Who's the one that you thought, ah, you know, I want to play like him, or he's my favorite. Um, I probably have to say Charles Matthews and Tim Hardaway Jr. is not too far behind, but um, Charles Matthews, I worked out with him um, the year before he started playing for Michigan during that summer. Um, I used to, I, uh, he came down here, Remy um, worked out with a trainer that I'm familiar with called Remy Workouts, and um, um, just seeing him play, it's just um, that next year and the year after that, it's like something – a player that I could vision myself playing like and, and just like seeing somebody that you worked out with playing in the Mason Blue before it's like a high school kid was important. So like that's probably one of my all time. And then Tim Hardaway Jr., um, a kid from Miami like myself, um, had a, a dad in the NBA was, was um, part of the reason I wanted to wear number 10. So, yeah, that, it's a hard split between him and Tim, Charles Matthews and Tim Hardaway for sure. You know, Jace, I'm I'm curious if you can kind of rewind. I remember when you camped at Michigan, and then I remember seeing you again uh, at the NBA camp. And I'm curious what you thought of your game, say, going back to the camp time versus at the NBA camp. Because I got to tell you, watching you at the NBA camp, seeing you kind of be a jack-of-all-trades guy, being able to score, being able to rebound, being able to bring it up on the break – 
it just felt like there was a different bounce in your step, a different confidence. It felt like, you know, a guy that that knew that you really belonged. Was is, is that an accurate assessment of kind of where you were mentally from, say, start at, at camp versus when I saw you at the NBA camp, NBA players at oh, camp? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, that was that was a year a year difference. Um, from that camp, from the Michigan camp, team camp in the uh, NBA top 100 camp. So, yeah, uh, I, I just came into that camp um, wanting to compete. I, I came in with the mindset that I belong here. Um, we had I had a great team, great teammates. Um, I had DJ Stewart was on my team, um, Eddie Lampkin. Also had Miles Stewart, who's friends with um, Terrence and uh, Hunter. So, yeah, it was just um, I, I just played my game. I, I, I worked very hard that whole year um, going into it, playing against you know, on my team, I, I was teammates with Scotty, so going against Scotty in practice all the time, going against Vernon I just feel like that upped my game a lot and uh, just just, just playing with confidence because like you said um, like I, I try to do a lot of things on the court, not try to limit myself because um, you know, you could always, there's always a lot of players that are really good at certain things and like master those things, like for instance, Duncan Robinson with three-point shooting, he's a three-point specialist. And, um, like, I'm not a three-point specialist. So I always wanted to, like, differentiate myself from the competition as well, just make sure, like, I, I can do bring more to the table than than what um, stuff I know I'm capable of. Yeah, you know, Tim, obviously, you being the, the guy that runs the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp, you were you were there, and I'm, I'm curious if if you saw the same thing because you know, watching Jay Stare that that week, that was what really really struck me. What his team needed, might he? They might have needed his scoring one game. They might have needed rebounding another game. They might have needed defense another game. And it felt like he filled in a lot of those gaps. I'm curious if you saw the same thing. I, I saw the same thing, Sam, and I watched closely. And you know, maybe maybe the the first thing that jumped out at me was his personality. He's the kind of guy that. You want to go on a road trip with. You want to have as your roommate. You want to compete against in practice because he brings great effort. But I just think his versatility, and and then also um, the, the the comfort that he will play um, with his dad there, um, with his family, hopefully being together if, if Jet comes down the road. By the way, you need to start recruiting him. I hope you are. <laughs> oh no! Oh oh! I'm I'm on Jet for sure. You know he's he's yeah, I'm I'm in his I'm in his ear every day talking about him and is his future class that he could probably bring in with him as well, you know? So, yeah. But thank you for those kind words. I appreciate that from both of you. That means the world. Appreciate that. It's from the heart. It's from the heart. And, you know, I'm curious, how's the transition going, being away from home? And, you know, I'd love love to hear about your experience, how the workouts, who's your roommate, what what has the the transition been like for you so far, Chase? Um, From my experience, I guess the, the transition has been maybe a little bit easier for me because, you know, having my, having my, um, my dad there, uh, he's, he's, he's the head coach. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a source, it's, it's some familiar familiarity with it all, but, um, yes, yeah, obviously the workouts are, they, you upped them up going into university of Michigan. So there's, there's a whole lot, uh, riding on that, you know, you got, I'm going against Isaiah livers, France in practice, Terrence, you know, it's, it's great competition. That's what we love. So it's, it's been a great transition learning from coaches like Coach Sagi, Coach Martelli, Coach Howard, and, and and the other Coach Howard. So yeah, that it's been great rooming with and I roomed with Zeb this summer and Terrence and Hunter were right across the hall. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just been a great 
transition thus far. You know, trans- hey, hey, Jace, hey, real quick, Sam, um, you've got to tell me who's the guy that that when you play against him, you just say, oh, my gosh, he's so good. <laughs> uh, for me, it was a guy named Mike McGee, and I couldn't believe how good he was. Has there been somebody that's been an eye-opener for you? Man, I hate to admit this because we were competing in, in, in practice last time and going at it, talking some trash. But, yeah, France, man. France, France, is, France <laughs> is that dude. He, he's, 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 he's all been – he might be even 6'10 right now, honestly. I don't even think he's 6'9 anymore. And he's just taking one dribble to the basket. It's a hard, it's a hard defense for sure. Um, he's, he's put a lot in work. You can tell he's been working on all his, like, finishes and stuff, bringing out new finishes and, and – and, um, step back, fade away. I'm not trying to give away his whole bag, <laughs> but you know, yeah, he's he's definitely a tough guard. But I, I love it because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to learn from all these guys that that I that I used to watch on TV. So like, just the opportunity of being able to go against them, learn from them, has been great because they're all guys that are just like willing to take you under their wing and, and teach, which is amazing. A couple of questions for you, Jace, about the the, the father son dynamic. Uh, versus the the coach player dynamic. You mentioned the word transition, and I, I I'm curious, uh, you know, it, how much experience you've had with with Jawan being your coach. You know, I like what was that experience like in the past, and what is it like now? Is can you can you sense him taking the dad hat off? Is he harder on you than than your teammates? Like, what's the what's the difference when when you're on the court? with with coach Juwan versus when you're at home with dad yeah um that that was a big transition that um frankly I, I wasn't concerned about but I wanted to address before I got to the like Ann Arbor in general like because you said like that transition from um coach or dad to coaches it's a big one and um you know we had to have conversations saying that like yo this is like I, I'm one of the players now um like like some some things I won't be able to tell you because like you know it's it's team first and I'm with them ninety percent of the time and um yeah stuff like that but yes yeah, it's, it's been great um I, it's 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 new because I'm I'm learning from his his basketball mind even more than I did before which mm. is which is great so um learning from him every day um him him keeping me accountable and, and stuff like that and um also you know. I, I reached out to um, some other coaches' sons in, in college basketball. Like, um, I reached out to Carter McCaffrey and Jaden Hardaway. You know, um, their dads both coached them as well, just to get some, you know some get some familiarity and some advice and what what to expect, what what to do, what not to do. You know, some like because they they're in my shoes mm-hmm. and they and they've been in them. So yeah, stuff like that. And they gave me great advice. And shout out to both of them. So yeah, it's definitely a transition that I. I've, I've enjoyed it's different but I, I still I'm still learning from it. it's it's still like happening so I don't have the full mm-hmm. breakdown as of yet right yeah it's gonna be a process I'm also curious it was when when you knew when you knew who your dad was when he was more when he became more than dad because I gotta tell you and I'm sure uh Tim he has his own experience with Jawan having you know being a part of the recruiting process you know working out mm-hmm. against him as a high school recruit for me as a kid growing up, man, I still have the the press clippings. I still have, you know, newspaper cutouts of the Fab Five. And so it, it's it's like rock star status with Juwan being the coach again. And I'm curious when you when you started to feel that, when you knew that man, my my dad is kind of he's more than just dad. When did that dawn on you? 
Um, that's a that's a great question because when I was younger, um, I always looked at him as just dad. Like, and when people when I'll go out in public, people get excited to see him. I'm like, man, what, what do you decide to see this old man for? Like, <laughs> you know, like, like I don't get all the hype. But I guess to answer your question, um, maybe when I when he first got the job in Michigan, because you know, before that, you, we in the Air Force all go blues. Like you'd be walking down the street, all go blues, but. I, I didn't take the time to really realize it, but when he um, got the job here in Michigan, it was like to see the um, the culture and and the excitement around it all. It was just like, okay, man, you, you might be pretty cool, you know, like you might not be, you might you might not be too bad as, as I as I previously thought he was. And a, and a funny story um, during the last dance when I saw him in, uh, I was like, all right, now now he he kind of got his credit when I saw him going in, in the open runs and at the Space Jam set. I was like, okay, <laughs> this, this is he might be not too bad, you know. Hey hey Jace, you know I think that Sam and I um, got a little bit of a laugh this week with the NBA rumors coming out about your dad. <laughs> Um, you know, I know how committed he is to Michigan. <laughs> I know you yeah. know how committed he is, but did you have any kind of a con- conversation with him? Like, okay, what's up, dad? Just, you know, I think I know the answer, but was it, was it like that at all? Or was it, you know, you know, his commitment. So it's not even a conversation you have to have. Yeah. Um, when I saw, I, I was like, I was leaving a workout. I was um, driving home when I get, I, I get home and I see the notification. I'm like, oh, wow. So, but <laughs> like to answer your question, like, I, I move in on Friday, so I, I wasn't too, like, I wasn't too concerned about like, like, like I'm moving in on Friday. You know, we we all know he, he talked about um being here for as long as for as long as he can. You know, so like that's it was never um like a concern, I guess. Like it was just it was just something that was put out, and you know, we, like I, I didn't even need to have a conversation with it. You know, it was, we just just kept moving. Yeah, you you mentioned that you know Franz has just been super impressive to you, the the toughest cover, if you will. But I'm I'm curious about your general impressions about you know some of the other guys that maybe have jumped out at you as you guys have worked out. They could be veterans, they could be freshmen. Anything that sticks out to you uh, from practices, from workouts thus far, from from some of your teammates? Oh yeah, we I could go down the line, but just, just to name a few, Mike. He I, I don't think I've seen Mike miss. Uh, Mike Smith, you know, I, I haven't seen him miss. Um, Hunter's looked very good. He's, he's, you know, Hunter's Hunter's that dude. He, he has he has pretty much all aspects of the game in terms of a big man. So post ups, step step backs, um, spin jump shots, threes. He's he's been doing it all. Same with Brandon Isaiah. You know, um, I I, I want to name them all because everybody's been doing great. But yeah, like Isaiah, he's he's very very above, more above the rim than you would see in the game, like, you you wouldn't even realize that. Same with Brandon. Brandon's a big dude. I think he's even gotten stronger since since I've last seen him. So, yeah, it's just everybody seems to be growing, which is great. Same with more of my fellow freshmen, like T. Will. He's getting – he's he's super lean now. He's, he's very, like, athletic. He can really shoot the ball, too. Same with Zeb. Zeb is athletic and really knocking down some shots. So, yeah, this is beautiful basketball. Great to see, you know, like, it all coming together. So, hopefully we get more time in the gym to practice for sure. Jace, uh, we have not had a chance to see Sean D. Brown. Um, oh, you know, yeah. You, yeah. Can can you give us the lowdown? We want to, we're, we're excited about him. What, what do you think so far? Yeah, Sean, Sean D's that dude. He, he is, he's like all bit of maybe 225, 230. He's a strong, 
solid dude. His jump shot is pure as water. You know, he gets to the rim real, real easy. Um, he's smart player as well. Like his his defensive um, IQ and offensive IQ is through the through the roof. Uh, he's something that you know you want to watch out for, especially when we were um, playing in practice a little bit with the, the time that we were allowed. He he was doing his thing, like killing. Um, competing hard on both ends and teaching us young guys too, because, you know, he's, he's on the older side. So him teaching us um, his, his, his few tricks and, and um, his view of the game is, is big for us because, you know, it's like, it's a big jump. But yeah, to answer your question, Shondi, he's been killing. He's I, like, he's, uh, he's, he's looking like LeBron out there. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> getting fans, getting fans excited, Jace. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I, I think is, is really of interest to to the fans is the routine. I mean, there's a rhythm uh, to what you guys do as as players, right? And that rhythm was was disrupted uh, by by COVID, by you know the postponement of of fall sports and 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 you know fall activities. I'm curious, what is the what's the routine like for you now? Routine as far as practice and workouts are concerned, testing. Uh, is, is concerned. How have you guys and how have you individually handled that and what has that been like for you? Well, um, our team motto is like next man up mentality. So I, I guess not in this in these terms, not necessarily um, next man up, but like just adjust and just and embrace the suck. Um, you know, it's it's not what we want, obviously. This is this is it's bigger than basketball. It's uh we so as a team we just we realize that we just gonna have to do the best of what we do. I mean, well, the best of what we have. So, um, in terms of workouts, we we started off with three groups. Now we moved to two groups. So it's getting more competitive there. Um, you know, um, in terms of testing, we we've been tested pretty much every other week. And I think since now, like the season is um closer. Um, hopefully, um, we're, we're speeding that up. So yeah, it's it's definitely an adjustment. Same with um classes because now it's all all online and. Um, us freshmen, we had a lot. Of, we had the bridge program, so that was it's an adjustment for online school because, like, not not to be funny, but like senior year, like it, by the time we started online school, senior year, we we were, we were all kind of checked out in a way. So like, <laughs> so to, to get back to get back into the into the grind, which we all did, I got to give it to us all. Like even like give ourselves a pat on the back. Like we 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 stuck through it. Um, we we did it. We had to, we managed our time wisely. Sarah, shout out to Sarah. She, she helped us like so so much with um just the adjustment so yeah like it's been an adjustment but it's it's nothing that we're not willing to embrace because it's not a problem that we're just facing the whole world is facing it so we we just we just doing our part yeah final final question for you for me jace uh michigan fans are really excited to watch you play can you give a little preview of of what they can expect from your game well, I'm I'm a dude that's gonna give it a hundred out there. Um, I'm, I, that's all I know. Uh, I'm, I just I love I, I love to compete. I love to give it my all. Um, I've been working on my game a lot. I, I, I'm a big finisher. Love to get rebounds, get dirty, guard all five positions if they let me. Uh, I've been working on my shot a lot. It's, it's coming along very well, even though you know since high school and college difference with the three point line, we we all have to adjust. But yeah, it's. I'm just going to be that dude that, that comes out there to compete. I'm going to be an energy guy. I'm going to be a glue guy. Like, once I get, like, our whole playbook down, I'm going to be a guy who tries to help others get it down, too, because, like, I'm I'm only going to be a freshman for so long. So be, being able to um just be, um I want to say, carry on the tradition of um 
the older guys helping out the younger guys. I, I don't want that to get passed up on as as new classes come in. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be that guy that that comes out there willing willing to give it all for the University of Michigan. Honestly. And my last one for you, Jace, is is about recruiting. And I know you can't talk spe- about specific recruits other than your your brother, of course. But I'm just I'm I'm curious about your approach in general because you know as as players that our recruiters go you're one of the top guys man i mean you got after it on the recruiting trail you still do you're really uh proactive when it comes to trying to help lure other guys into the fold uh so give give me an idea of when you are when you are talking to a guy about michigan what do you say how do you do it what is what is your approach like and what do you see from from those recruits that you talk to when when they look at your dad, what are what are the impressions you get from them about how they see Coach Howard and what kind of appeal he has to them? Yeah, to, um, when in terms of um, me reaching out to like players that obviously have mutual interests, we have interest in them, they have interest in us. Like I try I try to um, give it to them one hundred percent. Like I'm like, hey, you know, um, I know my dad more than the average person does. So if you ever have any questions about um, what to expect, what which what, any questions about um, the program in general? Like, I'm gonna give it to you, hundred, because I don't want um, I don't want them to like like think I'm just trying to like sell them something. I want them to like so that that we want them to be a part of something. So yeah, like I I, I play with a lot of guys, I, like as you can see with some like examples. Um, I I can't name them, but yeah, like I, I've always run into these guys, but now to like have them to to have them. Um, possibly play for us it's, it's big so like I, I always try to relate to that stuff and um just look at like help with the classes and stuff with the players that might be committed i'm like yo do do what i can do get make, make, let's get let's get a nice little five in there you know like <laughs> like do 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 better like i i use jet like I, yo do better if you go if this is what you want to do so if you want to come here do 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 what i couldn't do mm-hmm. stuff like that but yeah in terms of uh uh, well, sorry. yeah. So how 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 you you said you know you got a real a, a, a real sort of different view of your dad from seeing how fans and alums reacted to him. I'm curious what you've noticed in how players, how recruits react to your dad. What impressions do you get from them about how they see Coach Howard? Yeah, um, a lot of them bring up the Fast Five documentaries. Um, simple as it sounds, like that that was a big part, which I didn't know until um until recruiting really started um yeah that like that 30 for 30 when like that that's where their familiarity with michigan and in the fab five and, and now, even today is michigan like when they think of michigan they like they they mostly think of my dad and, and, and the legacy that he did and like how the program that he's building there so yes yeah, i've noticed that they they he's, he's a big part of it um the players that we have are a big part of it like franz isaiah players before tim hardaway trey burke so um yeah, I, I think he's like a big part of um, what their their vision is because um, like maybe not as many were either familiar with it before or like now that they now that he's there they are familiar with Michigan or interested in Michigan. So yeah, to answer your question, I think he's a big part of what they um, do for sure. Like of what they think of Michigan for sure. Man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited, Tim. I don't know about you, but it got me even more hey. fired up listening to Jace. I, I hear you, Sam. And Jace, you're, you're so articulate, so good. I'm thank afraid you, thank you. 
Yeah, Sam, if I ever slip up at all, man, you need to slide Jason to my spot in this podcast. He could carry it, I think. Hey, man, if, if your pops let you, if he'll let you do it, if, if, if you know, Jawad, if Tom Whiterod, if they'll let you do it, Jace, it's an open seat whenever Tim needs to take a break, man. Oh, appreciate that. That means a lot. Appreciate you both for having me. This this has been, you know, I'll, I'll always love talking basketball, so this has been great for me. Thank Thanks, Jace. Thanks, Jace. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you guys both. Stay, stay safe. And we're back here on the Michigan Basketball Insider. And, you know, Tim, I mean, obviously it was a little bit emotional heading into the interview with Jace. Emotional during it because it's <laughs> it's nostalgic and really, really appreciate his grind. That's another thing. You know, he's not one of those guys where it was just given to him. And he he's in this position because of who his dad is. He's earned it. And so he's put in the time. You 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 see his grind. So you appreciate that. But then there's the the piece of it that, is so nostalgic that another number 25 named Howard is going to be on the court for the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, Sam, let me let me send a warning to any Michigan basketball fans that that early in his career say, "Oh, he's just there because he's he's Juwan Howard's son." That that is that is so off base if you even think that for a second. And let me let me share one one little anecdote uh, that 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 may support. The, the qualities that, that this kid brings. Um, Isaiah Todd, Josh Christopher, Mike Smith, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, we want all of them. And we, we need a scholarship. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jace Howard steps forward and says, I'll give up my scholarship to help the team. If you could bring in one of those guys, um, I'll be a walk-on. I'm telling you right now, I would have never in a million years said that. Like I wanted to be a full scholarship athlete. Right. I I wanted my spot on the roster. I, I didn't want to be a walk on. I didn't I didn't want to be looked at differently. And Jace Howard is he's selfless and and he's team oriented. He's a, a beautiful communicator and he's got a huge future at Michigan. So I I am I'm really glad we had him on. And I, I'm serious. We've got to have him on. We're going to have three hosts one show, and we're going to have him bring on his <laughs> freshman. He can lead this thing, okay? That'll be our highest-rated podcast for sure. Uh, for sure. Whatever Michigan's recruiting class is, that's the one for sure to have Jace host because he is, Tim, he is a tenacious recruiter. I mean, he – he. I mean, I, I, look, I, I know Jawan gets it done on a recruiting trail really relating – uh, to to players and relating to their parents, but uh, you know, to to have players, to have players that can really, uh, you know, sort of represent your culture uh, and, and sell it not as a pitch, but uh, because of who they are. When you have that, I mean, you really have something as a as a coach and as a program. And he definitely has that in in Jace for sure. Uh, not only because obviously you know it's his son, he raised him. The the culture comes naturally to him, but he really wants to recruit. That's the other thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you noticed that at the at the players uh, association top one hundred camp, Tim, but he had the recruiting cap on, man. I mean, this it's something <laughs> that he really seems to enjoy doing. Well, there there's a, a contrast between Jace and most other players, and I'll share this when um when Bill Frieder, my coach at Michigan was bringing in Roy Tarpley on a recruiting visit and Robert Henderson, who's Mr. Basketball and Butch Wade and Paul Yokish. I was not recruiting <laughs> those guys that hard. Like I figured these guys are talented and they're going to come in and take my job. 
I, I appreciate the unselfishness of Jay's. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty of Tim McCormick, man. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, we need more that. Gu- we need more guards, Coach. We need, we need some wings. We don't need these seven-foot guys. <laughs> that's that's real talk right there. That's as real as the talk is going to get. I got to give you a ton of credit, Tim, uh, because, what, a month or so ago now, you, you got on the podcast and you said, you know what, Sam, there's not going to be a, fo- a football season, not in the fall. They're going to cancel fall sports here uh you know whether it's nationally or in the big 10 it wasn't going to be played at michigan for sure uh was your take but he said you said you know what but they're going to play basketball and you know why they're going to play basketball because they're going to be able to establish their own form of the bubble and you know once they do that they'll be able to maybe have some neutral site games for a while they'll essentially have the campuses to themselves for two months and they can maybe go play at at Little Caesars or go play at some other spots with a bunch of teams coming in uh, and really, really get the season going. And I'll be damned, Tim. There's a Big Ten subcommittee talking about a bubble around the Thanksgiving holiday and doing exactly what you said would be a, a great plan to to put into place. That is what's being talked about now, not just in basketball, in college basketball, but they're talking about it in the multiple fall sports including football, using that Thanksgiving window, which is going to be longer now from late November until late January, using that as a bubble-like scenario for college sports. I got to give you credit, man. You you called that one when no one else was. Thanks, Sam. I, I, I have been optimistic for a basketball season this year, and I was uplifted to hear a lot of the experts and administrators share the plan that it sounds exactly like what you and I talked about six weeks ago. Um, it's almost like they listened to our podcast and embraced <laughs> our bubble philosophy. Right. You know, the, the the key is that a bubble won't work with thousands of students that that are are not fearful of the virus at all as they arrive on college campuses. Um, they have little interest in social distancing, and that's a problem for college football. But when the students leave on on Thanksgiving or for Thanksgiving for about eight weeks. The campus is empty and there's plenty of open dorm space and you can create isolation and that's needed to keep the players and the coaches and the support staff healthy and protected. Um, Also, I was extremely confident that the NBA bubble was going to work this year and and it's been a a perfect opportunity to to, to play as as sort of an experiment for college athletics. We we can watch how the bubble is run the commitment of the players and it's worked really really well so it's a best case scenario for college athletics and and i also think that that it's going to be very important to have quality testing that's that's been the key to the nba bubble um i i also believe that for this to work the college students and the coaches and, and the staff have to stay together you know to make everybody accountable i believe they're going to have to drive by bus to get where they need to go and stay out of airports. That's important. And and I also want to say in my junior and senior season at Michigan, I, I spent about three weeks uh, over the holidays on campus in Ann Arbor. There were no students around. It was quiet. It was desolate. There was no social interaction. It was just 100% basketball and training. And, and I think that, I think that when you look at the fact that teams have, 20 players, coaches, and staff members, 
and and that's about it. It's very very doable. Yeah, man, it's uh, I, I'm I am beyond impressed with the NBA's execution of this. Uh, a terrific plan put together by Adam Silver and uh, you know the NBA administration. It is it has been flawless, and the the players, the players association. Uh, you know they've they've really bought in. It's you've had some some straggling opinions where some guys complained about how rigid the rules were in in the bubble, but uh, that's what it takes, and that's what it took to to make sure that it is gone off with without much, if any, of a hitch. And so, uh, you know, kudos to to the NBA. And the other piece of it, Tim, is another topic that we've talked about with the NBA, and this is another thing that I think is really going to set the tone for for college. This kind of thing trickles down, right? Like we saw Colin Kaepernick a couple of years ago, uh, you know, start with the kneeling protest and many other players in the NFL started doing the same. And then you saw college players start demonstrating in much the same way. Uh, You know, the NBA is setting a major tone uh, when you look at their jerseys and uh, you see the messaging on their jerseys, the messaging on the floor, the the players uh, taking a moment to speak out in post-game interviews, coaches like Doc Rivers doing the same. I really think that's another thing, uh, you know, another thing that's going to be modeled uh, and copied uh, by, you know, coaches and, and players on the on the college scene. I'm curious if you think we're going to see, if, 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 you, if you also agree that we're going to be seeing that. Absolutely. And, and, and more and more people are becoming advocates for change. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter has become a, a part of our lives and our culture, and it's important for everyone to speak out. And, you know, I personally have learned as, as a white person that, 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 you know, my voice isn't the same as yours, but it is important because my, my silence you know, would speak volumes. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was uplifted by Doc Rivers emotional comments. He's a former teammate, a friend of mine. And, you know, those are conversations that I wish we would have had when we were teammates together. Um, I loved what the Detroit lions did. And, you know, is, is that something that, that that's going to make a change in the world? Yeah, I think it will. I do I too. Think it will because, because the lions set a standard for all other teams that, that football is a sport, but there are more important things in life. And, and, and every day we're, we're, we're getting reminders. And, and I think that there are baby steps, but if we continue this, that, that, that there is a chance for significant change. Yeah. I, I think you are exactly right. When you highlight what the, 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 the special significance of what the lions did, I mean, it's look, it's not, unique to have players speaking out. I mean, you know, a generation ago uh, with, with names like, you know, Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and before that, Jackie Robinson, you've had some iconic figures in sport really put their 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 names, their careers, their lives on the line for a cause. So that part has been done uh, before. There was a time where you know, after that, where athletes didn't speak out as much, but they're speaking out again. But what makes this so different, Tim, is now you have entire teams and entire leagues 
speaking out in one voice. And with the Lions specifically, another point that you just made that I think it's important to emphasize is that the conversation that they had in their locker room between teammates, that's the kind of behavior, that's the kind of conversation that they want the public to have. So you have to model the behavior that you want others to to mimic. And in doing that, they come out as a team. And who do you see out front speaking? You know, it's not just the black players. It's Taylor Decker out speaking. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford out speaking. And you are 100% correct. If you don't have your white teammates or in the public, if you don't have white people, also speaking to these issues, then change is impossible. It has to be, you you have to have both parties speaking out for change to really happen. It just can't be the, the people that are affected saying something is wrong. You got to have the people that can help bring about that change listening and saying the same thing too. And to take it one step further, the, the players, whether they're black or white, are gaining credibility as as valuable voices, um, and and my my hope is that as these conversations continue, that when when other issues come up, when when LeBron James and Chris Paul and Giannis discuss, um, you know, social justice, um, when when you've got James Harden talks about the importance of voting. And and th- there are so many social topics that that NBA players have gained a powerful stronghold on on their voice and their opinions, and and you know in a lot of ways, like think about the fact that when when the economy and everything shut down, you know the first thing that was shut down was the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. then the NBA was shut down, and then all of the dominoes started to fall after that. So. And the NBA has a very impactful voice, and I am so proud um, of the bubble. And when you when you look at the product on television, and I've been watching a lot of the product, uh, you know, to see Black Lives Matter and and to see uh, the, the the back of the uniforms and they're small steps, but they're significant. Absolutely. My friend, I started out the podcast saying I appreciate you. Uh, You know, I I appreciate our conversations. I think that uh, they certainly are enlightening when it comes to folks that are interested in Michigan basketball, but we uh, we move beyond that too. Uh, And I, I really, really value your perspective, and I know our listeners do as well. Folks, if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it if you haven't already. Uh, be sure to rate and review it and tell your friends wherever they get their podcasts, they can always find the Michigan Basketball Insider. Just search uh, Michigan Insider Podcast. That's on Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, and it will be there. Uh, until next time, Tim, it's been real, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, you're a good friend, Sam. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Basketball Insider.